1: looking good
0: yes yes so head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all enjoy you need to say we need to list sooner or we need to list later it's okay to say that hey mr seller it's in your best interest not to post this on your next door app or facebook page i could just see like a shelf full of these like dead transactions with the books Stop looking. Stop looking. We're not looking anymore. We're under contract. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top-producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The
1: goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode 148, working with sellers from listing to closing. Because we recently did pre-listing. 143 was pre-listing and, oh, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure episode 70 was the listing interview. Okay. Um, so I'm going to look it up real quick because that
0: would be kind of like the, the real deep dive on that, on the interview. Right. If you have a listing coming up, you would need to listen to episode... Forty-five. Oh, I was oh, totally not even close. I A was, long time ago, I was totally off. Okay. It was it was so episode forty-five. Would be episode forty-five.
1: Well, the I don't interview. know. No, I think you need to do one forty-three pre-listing prep. Okay. Yeah. Then forty-five, the listing interview, and now today, one forty-eight, from listing to closing. Yes. Yeah, so you've gotten the listing. <sighs> you've got it. Yay! It's time to congrats. I know. Way to way to go. <laughs> and it was tough in this market. <laughs> <laughs> now what now what do you your process is slightly different than mine because i'm very hands-on and you do have some different systems in place than i do right so yeah like i don't like to do an open house the first weekend right and That's like something you like and like i go to my listing photos and you send others
0: i have the photographer okay who i've used for 11 years right. you trust my whole career right what if he stopped Oh, gosh. Don't do it. We can't even talk about it. Please, Ben, don't do it. Yeah. Um, And then Whitney goes with him Mm -hmm. and does the MLS input sheet. And is measuring. Yeah, does the rooms. Got it. Okay. And also helps Ben. Okay. So opens blinds. Now, in the photos are scheduled template. Mm Mm-hmm. I do have a checklist for my sellers. Like, before you leave the house. Do these things. Do these things. Blinds are open. Lamps are on. Right. Li- lids are down. Like, all the things. Yeah. So, there, my goal is that when Ben gets there. He's not doing a he's lot. He's not having to do much. I, right. I just want him to. I've already been there. Mm-hmm. We've gone through the checklist. Yeah. I've told you what to do. They're gone. So, right. my, my sellers, I make them leave. Okay. When I So, before I had Whitney, when I was would go with Ben, with the photographer. Mm-hmm. I found that sellers were very... And you feel very exposed oh, when yeah. people are photographing well, your home. Look, here's
1: me. Hey, listen, I'm going to have to touch like your toothbrushes and stuff. If they're on the counter, I will try to put everything back where I removed it from yes but and look the photographer i've been using for years is imoto they're a franchise they could be in your market they cannot who knows um but larry is the photographer and i love him and he will help me to like open blinds yeah so if the seller didn't follow the instructions because i've given him the same ones you have which is sometimes it doesn't always happen open your blinds and do all these things there's still stuff you have to move yeah and you're
0: right they feel exposed So so i make them leave okay so they're gone right photo day is happening Mm -hmm. I let them know that after photo day we would like to list between two and three days after that as soon as I get photos back yeah I like to give myself some buffer okay just to make sure I can write the description which I hate doing oh we have a whole episode on that yes we do
1: um, and then we go on the market. okay, I put mine on the market the very next day. So my photos show up usually sometimes anywhere from 5 am to 8 a.m the next morning because they're actually edited overseas. Mm-hmm. So the way they have it structured is they take the photos on one day, they're edited overseas, so the timing, you know like the time of day is different. and then they come back the next morning.
0: Um, yes, I would also like to make a note that I look at my schedule, so if I have a vacation, I'm not listing before the vacation. Right.
1: Or please, doing uh, this has come up a lot lately with, you know, Mother's Day and Easter and all the holidays. It's not very nice of you as an agent for the other people waiting desperately for your listing to put it on the market on the Saturday before a Sunday holiday or a Saturday period. Like, why do that to people? I know. You, you drive the ship. All you have to tell your <laughs> seller is this is going to sell just as fast on Tuesday yes. as it would on Saturday.
0: I like to plan pictures for Monday mm-hmm. or Friday uh-huh. because then if I if we do pictures Friday we list on Monday or Tuesday. Okay, usually Monday. If we do pictures on Monday, we're on the market by Wednesday. So by the time the weekend comes, the immediate rush, okay. is is is, is over. a little different. Okay, and I handle
1: this differently depending on the client. Now I believe statistically, this may come up later. I if you're in a hot market, it doesn't matter if you list it on Monday, Tuesday whatever day of the week. But statistically, I think Thursday sells the best. Oh, Okay, so Thursday, and I kind of like a Thursday because you get it on the market, you know, maybe you'll get somebody right away. And so by the end of Friday, you're already under contract and you've not
0: had to work over the weekend. This um, would be very different conversation if we were interviewing like three or four years ago. Right.
1: Okay, so that's and I I don't want um and I don't want these episodes to be so focused on it being a seller's market because I would like them to hold true yes. when the market shifts, right? And I've I've done most of my listings we all have because there aren't that many listings outside of a seller's market, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a different set of- But also,
0: even if it wasn't a seller's market, I do feel like you get the most activity those first, like, three days. Yeah. Okay, so- So even if it's not a seller's market, those first three days, Mm -hmm. you're going to be busy. You're going to be getting calls. There's going to be showings. You may be getting offers. Right. So if you're leaving on vacation- No, no, no. You need to say, we need to list sooner Mm -hmm. or we need to list later. It's okay to say that. You're in charge. You're the professional.
1: Uh, I think that is a good point. Um, Let's talk about really quickly. So I have a listing checklist, which is separate of my contract to closing checklist. So when I'm taking, it's almost to me like two things. A listing is a contract, right? Taking the listing, there's a set of steps. And then a closing, once you have an offer on that listing, is another contract. Yes. Right? It's two contracts. yes, Yes. So they have two checklists. On the listing checklist after you've scheduled your photos and you know gotten the seller already, you have to get your listing paperwork ready. When do you send that?
0: I try to send it the day the photographer goes. Okay. Or like the day before. Okay. Before he before we get his services. Okay. I like it. Just to make sure. I usually they have send time. it the
1: day of. Yeah. So he's there and I know I'm going to list it the next day. Yeah. Um, And I set photos dependent on that. Like I'm not going to set a Friday photo where I'm going to get them Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. No, right. don't do that. Just be thoughtful when you're preparing because the seller doesn't
0: know any different and they're going to let you guide that ship. So the biggest thing during this time, the sellers are getting very nervous about listing. So in the emails that you're sending them, like in our photos are scheduled, at the bottom of ours, it says something along the lines of, Listen, after photos, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then I also have one that says listing documents are coming your way. And it explains what they're about to sign. And it also explains like, let's take a moment to talk about showings. How does this work? So the goal in this time is to explain as much as you can before they have to ask you all the questions. Right, because they're going to ask you questions at 9 p.m so many questions. So many questions. They're going to be laying in bed, nervous about their house selling. And if you've ever sold a home, you know, it's, yeah. it is. Like even when I sold my personal home, I was feeling nervous and sure, um, just kind of antsy. So just answer their questions as best as you can. Right.
1: That's always the goal of any of the templates though, are to answer as many questions before they come up and just give them like a guide. This is what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Okay, so you as an agent need a listing checklist, right? What are you doing during this process? What makes it easy and repeatable? Um, what are the tasks that you do from the pre-listing appointment all the way through getting it onto the market, right? Right. So that's your listing checklist. Um, mine are you is, sharing yours? Well, I have it right here. Oh, I'll I'll show Long? Long? It is. I was actually thinking, man, it's only 20 items because I saw an advertised course where you could get their (laughs) listing plan for it was over 100 steps. Whoa. Who has time for that? Nobody has time for that. So this is 20 steps, but this also includes like create a just listed postcard. Well, if you're not doing postcards, remove step. But I also have send the email like your home is listed. Now what? Like they're all so I don't forget to do anything. They're all on here. Friend the seller on Facebook and give them social media rules. Well, sure. Tell them not, look, you're welcome to share your house on Facebook, but I have had past sellers get themselves into trouble who lived in an area where obviously their friends were in the same school district. They were basically fussing about showings and things that were happening on showings. And the people who had, not necessarily who had seen the house, but they, friends of friends saw their posts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I try to keep my sellers in line as far as... So.
0: I think it's important as part of our job to educate the buyer, I meant the seller, on what's in their best interest. Yeah. Especially during this time when it's a seller's market, it is not in your best interest to sell your home off market. And here's why. I'll give you the perfect example. Perfect. Let me hear it. Um, A good friend of mine, we were about to list her home mm-hmm. and the neighbor was like, hey, my mom mm-hmm. is really interested and she would love to live close to us. Mm -hmm. So we let the mom see it. You know, I was still involved in everything. Mm -hmm. And the mom was like, great, 275, which is exactly what we were asking. And you can pick your close date and easy peasy, lovely. Mm -hmm. So everyone's happy. Okay. 275, just what we were asking for. Mom gets cold feet after like, we didn't even have inspections or anything. Okay. Just, just got so you cold were, feet. But you were actually working within the transaction? Yeah, there was not another agent. Okay. I showed mom. I wrote the contract for mom. You were getting paid something. Yes. Okay. I was part of the transaction. Mm-hmm. I had scheduled the inspection. The mom calls me and says, hey, like, I'm I just, I'm getting cold feet. This was a very big step for us. It all happened very quickly. We would like to cancel. Well, I was disappointed. My seller was disappointed. Right. Okay. So I'm like, it's okay. We're going to put it on we're, the market. We're just going to put it on the market. I cannot wait to hear the end of the story. We're just going to put it on the market. Mm-hmm. We put it on the market mm-hmm. and the sh- the showings uh-huh. just were coming and coming and coming. We get like five offers. We get in a bidding war. Of course. So now we're closing for 290 Yeah. I mean- That's a lot of money. Going to the public market is in your best interest and being advertised to the masses. And feel free to share that story. I think sometimes when sellers hear real life examples, they go, "Oh, oh wow, that's right." A, I because didn't even think they, about because that because this
1: is what happens. The internet, especially the iBuyer buyer situation, they'll say, "Don't you want to sell your house without the hassle of showings?" And when I say, "Don't you want to show your house for one day?" Yeah. and basically get five offers mm-hmm. and then sell it for more than list? Don't doesn't that sound better? It's not hard to show it for one day. You had to take the photos anyway, right?
0: One more example of Let's this. Let's hear it. An agent in my office was about to list a luxury home. It was like two point one oh, million. Okay, Whoa. very big luxury home mm-hmm. in a neighborhood that sells very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the seller mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll just tell a few friends, a few friends in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So then they had some pre-listing showings. Okay. And the people were like, no, people were like passing on the house. Oh, God. Well, then the neighborhood was kind of (gasps) gossiping about, well, so-and-so saw that house and they didn't want it. And -and so-and-so saw that (gasps) house and they didn't want it. So I don't think I want it if they didn't want it. Oh, no. So it kind of became like a little gossipy, like, oh, well, these people saw it and they didn't want it. And it ended up working out. Like, once it went on the market live with the agent, mm-hmm. they got an offer very quickly from someone that did not live in the neighborhood. Who didn't know the gossip. Who doesn't know the right. gossip, was loving the house, but they almost hurt themselves by right. trying to take matters oh, into their own hands. Goodness. So you just never know. Right. It's better, especially in this market, to go to the public. And, and let the best offer win. Right, and I'm not sure that it's ever, I'm trying to think of a
1: scenario when it's better to not go to the open market. The open market is always where you'll get the most exposure exposure Uh, and this is why i think dual agency in some markets is really tricky that allow it because people have and all the talk about pocket listings Mm. that's not a service to your seller i don't care how you dice it unless your seller said i am a recluse i don't want anyone in my house i don't want it on the market i'm afraid i'm being stalked by someone unless there's some reason why they don't want their house on the open market a pocket listing is a disservice to your seller i would agree I just don't get it. Okay, so let's move on to you've taken the photos, you've sent the listing paperwork. It's
0: kind of like you've given them seller rules. Yes. Like, hey, Mr. Seller, it's in your best interest not to post this on your Nextdoor app or Facebook page. Right. It's in your best interest to do this or that and to leave lights on for showings, et cetera. Right.
1: Okay, well, that's what I was getting to. So now you have to give your seller the showing checklist. Or uh, we have one from Hustle Humbly that is the open house checklist. And it mm-hmm. works just the same.
0: Yes. Right? Whether you thing. were doing
1: an open house or showing, this is what you would do. Um, if you go to our website, hustlehumblypodcast.com, there is a resource tab. And you can find um, that list, the checklist. Oh. so Because we had it from our open house episode. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Live it up, friends. Yeah. Take I it about that. Take it. Make it your own. But you've got to give your seller basically a list. And I wrote this note. You're a team, you Mm -hmm. and the seller are a team, and you're the coach, but they're (laughs) the player. Like, they have to do the work. Like, you have to prepare the house for sale. I'm not going to show up to every listing and turn on your lights. I mean, to every showing and turn on your lights. Right. You got to do that. Do the work. Do the work. And that's the thing. When people talk about selling their house, I don't want to scare them, but I'm like, it is work. Mm -hmm. You have to do the work if you want to get the results that you're looking for. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, what else is on your to-do list now that you have it listed at the beginning? You said you don't do an open house right away.
0: I don't. I tell my sellers that I think it's best to make serious buyers schedule appointments. So that way I can track everything. Like I can see who's their agent versus them saying, oh, well, I'll just go to the open house and then I can't really follow up. So I like to give it you know, a f- like two or three weeks before we... Right, and in this market, you probably haven't gotten yeah, to an open house never- in a minute. I haven't done an open house in a very long time. and, and that- I don't miss it. <laughs> you did all that productive work during your open house. I think it's like once I was there, I was good. But it was hard like getting dressed on Sunday, leaving the kids like... Yeah, I mean, it's that's a downtime day. Yeah, Okay,
1: so I'm going to back up to what I do right after I've taken the listing. So the day that it goes on the market, I am going to create my flyer and create my listing binder because regardless of if it's a hot market or not, I'm taking the listing binder and I want it to be available during those showings. Whether it's a day of showings or two months of showings, it needs to be there and I have reasons why. In the listing binder is all the information, right? Your homeowner checklist and your property disclosure and I put an MLS sheet in there, whatever. Whatever the seller has, whatever I have collected from them, it's in there. Um, Yes, most people can look this stuff up on their phone. But what if you're in the showing and you don't have service or your Mm -hmm. phone dies? Or maybe you've separated in the house from your client, but they see the binder and they're able to go through... The more questions you can answer for a buyer while they're in your house and excited about your house, the more likely they are to write an offer. Yeah, I think that's just great. And the work you save yourself from having an agent call you and ask you yeah. all the questions. Yeah, like just do the work on the front end. So mm-hmm. I have a flyer template for the front of that binder. It's in Canva. It was a Canva template. Yeah. I did not spend. That much time making it, I use the same
0: one every single time. So just go to Canva and type in flyer. Real estate flyer. It's
1: really that easy. Real estate flyer is free. It's easy. You make the flyer. Every time you have a listing, you pop in the new photos. Done. Great. Print it up. Stick it in there. So I do my listing binder on the first day. It has all the info in the house. Yes, this means I have to go back to the house the day it's listed. Mm Mm-hmm. I usually have to anyway to put the sign up. It's not that big of cause a deal because I don't put the sign out early. Well, that and you, you got to get the lockbox on, which I usually do. Put the sign and lockbox on at the photos. Yeah, and then if I had another agent available to help me, then they could run the listing binder over there. Or I've had, I've had Jay run a listing binder over and leave it on the front stoop, and I tell the the first showing agent, hey, will you take the binder inside? Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's just not that big of a deal. Um, okay. What
0: else do you do in your listing? Well, the moment it goes live, Mm -hmm. they get an email that your listing is live. Yay. Your home is listed. Your home is listed. Now what? And it has the link. It asks them to check for mistakes. It explains how showings work. It explains how feedback works or doesn't work. Yeah, and this n- Not is, everybody leaves feedback. This is the most important <laughs> thing, the most important email you will send during this entire process. This eliminates the text five minutes after a showing <laughs> ends right. that says... How did it go? Right. What How did it go? Say? This email says mm-hmm. they have 24 hours to leave feedback. You may not be the only house they're seeing today. We like to give them time. Mm-hmm. If they're interested, I will let you know. If they don't leave feedback, I will check in with them tomorrow. If they never leave feedback, I'm very sorry. We just have to take that as a no. Yeah. But again, the, that is... I. All of these templates that we have made mm-hmm. have derived from personal experience Yes, where we are trying to cut back the volume of phone calls and text messages that we get yeah. by being proactive and answering their well, questions. I'm
1: always available for communication, but if I tell you up front, all things you need to know, then I don't have to be. Yes. Right? Like, I'm. it's making it better for everyone. They don't want to have to call me 20 times, mm-hmm. right? They just right. want to know. Yeah. So give them the information.
0: Yeah. So then after they get that email, I also go ahead and do my social media posts. Mm-hmm. And Okay. Yeah. So you're on the market. We've done the showings. You've given them the
1: checklist on how to do a showings. Let's just jump right on ahead. You've received your offer. Yes. You are under contract. Now what? <laughs> That's the next email, right? Okay. You, then, then you get the contract. Is there anything? I mean, we've talked about offers and putting them together and all of that, and reviewing them in this market. So I don't think we need to dive into no, any of that. No, we're not going Let, to. Let's just talk about the process itself. Okay. Now you're under contract.
0: What what does Alyssa Jenkins do now? Everybody gets their email with their instructions, and what happens next? Okay. That includes. The sellers, uh-huh, the buyer's agent, yep. the lender, mm-hmm. and the title company. Yeah. They all get an email from me mm-hmm. with everything they could possibly need. Yes. To make sure that the transaction is started. This email is
1: equally as important <laughs> as
0: your home is listed now, what? Now
1: it's you're under contract now, what? Equally as important, right? Yes. Okay, everyone knows what they need to know. That is the one that also has the move out checklist attached, right? So now we're giving the seller some idea of what they need to prepare for, what they need to be doing. Okay. Um, I also use my little contract info sheet because you know I like paper and it helps my little brain work, but I have it in a Trello checklist as well that is in my course. But I put in all the information about the, the closing, right? So... Who it is? Who's the agent? Who's the title company? Who's the mortgage company? What is, like, what are the contract dates? All the things that I need to know. Yeah. Right? How do you keep up with all that?
0: I have an Excel spreadsheet and Trello. Okay. Perfect. I don't really use the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. um, My assistant, like, keeps it up to date. Uh-huh. I thought I would use it more. Okay, but you use Trello. I use Trello. Like they're in a, their card is wherever they are under pending contracts.
1: In your Trello card, does it have like a checklist where you're checking off things?
0: I don't use it. It's there, but I. It's don't, in your brain. It, I just know what I need to be doing. Okay, as long as I see the address. I can think, oh, their inspection was yesterday. Okay. Oh, this, that, that. Like, that's how I do it too. And I want, like, new agents are going to be like, what? But
1: you get used to the rhythm of a transaction and you just know, We've right? We've both done it hundreds
0: of times. Hundreds of times. Hundreds. It would be like using a checklist on how to brush your teeth. Right. It's like, like it's just first autopilot. Take off the cap right <laughs> like, second put toothpaste on, on brush like, toothpaste we just don't need the checklist because we just know how to do it now the good thing about having a checklist in trello is that if you ever did get an assistant or someone that was helping they know you know what to do they could go in and say oh look look at this checklist
1: hey Alyssa. hey katie what do we mention almost every episode Email templates. You're right, we sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I have never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What?
0: feel organized knowing that
1: templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful okay enjoy all I right.
0: know where they so are. so
1: while we're on it because i know even if you've been doing this a while and you know you, you know what's going on how do you, when and how do you check your trello or think about your transactions or like every single day
0: you you walk through all the pendings what how do you do it Definitely on office day. Okay. When I'm just like at home. That's when I do it. Working. Every time, like, and this happens once a day. This doesn't mean my email gets empty, but like every day when I get through all my emails Mm -hmm. and there's just like things lingering that I'll do at some point that aren't time sensitive, I go to Trello. Okay. I also have my um, like Google Chrome browser set up. So when I open it, Mm -hmm. my tabs are... Gmail- mm-hmm. Trello mm-hmm. and MLS okay and Pandora <laughs> um, we need the, we need the music <laughs> yeah and so when I open my computer it's like there right in my face yeah so at least I'm seeing that address and going, okay, yeah, we're good. Okay. The other way I also, because yes, I
1: agree. I do this on office day. That would be the designated day. If for some reason I'm not having an office day, I also have a Friday shutdown routine that only takes about an hour. And that would include checking transactions. But the easy way for me to do it, if I don't, you know, whether or not I've logged into my Trello and I'm using the checklist currently, I just open my dot loop because Dot Loop has a transaction for every single listing, whether it's pending or not, mm-hmm. and every single pending say, buyer, so that they're all there. And then I can just, gl- again, I, I can just glance down the list. Place. And I glance down the list and I go, oh, they're on inspection. We're done with that. Oh, like, I know who's ba- where I know where the ball is. Whose mm-hmm. court is it in? It's probably not in mine. If it's in mine, then I'll do something. But very unlikely. Right. If the ball's in your court, they probably emailed you. Exactly. Say, Somebody's hey, looking I for something. This. Yeah. Right. And then you do it. Right. So now I will say, because it just helps my ADHD brain, at the end of the transaction, maybe like a week out, I do go back through the checklist and make sure that I didn't miss a step, right? Did I need right. to order the warranty or a termite inspection? Or is there something that maybe I could have slipped through the cracks that doesn't get done every single time? Or did I need to get repair receipts or all that? Oh, speaking of, let's really discuss that part. There is an email one week prior to closing, right? Yes. Remind us what what we're talking about in that email.
0: Approaching closing. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds them that the title company will be reaching out to schedule a time. Give them their closing disclosure with the final numbers. Please send me any receipts that you have from the repairs as well as any pictures or other documentation. Um, Keep your utilities on until we close. Make sure that the house is clean and tidy. Here's a phone number to my cleaning lady if you need her. All the things to prepare For the next week.
1: Right. And that, again, reattaches the move out checklist. Yes. So you've given it to them once. Now you're reminding them, hey, you actually have to get out of there. A lot goes on in the beginning. So it's good to resend something. Yes. Yes. So it just gets resent. Okay. That's it. We're going to go to closing. Mm -hmm. What do you, how do you prepare? Let's talk about closing gifts briefly. Do you take one for every seller? What do you get? Because if you're getting like a, picture made, you have to think about this way early.
0: Yeah. Are you still giving them the book of the photos? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it's a seller, I get their professional photos put into a book. Okay. Do you do that when you list it? Every time I get professional photos, I just make the book. Right. It's not very expensive. I have a coupon code. If for some reason it never closes, I just have this book. (laughs) Do you have that? Maybe it'll close one day. You know what's funny? (laughs) what i could just see like a shelf full of these like no, dead transactions with no. the books i had one that i had for a little <gasps> while okay this is a story i was about to tell okay we we list this was a few years ago we listed it you know all her stuff's in it and it's fine and we did photos and i made the book and we had a couple cancellations and she just decided not to sell okay Years later, she moves out, we retake photos, we go through the whole thing, it's empty, it sells. You bring her the book with the I bring stuff. her the book that has <laughs> the photos from when she lived there, and she was like, oh, I forgot that like, this is how I had everything and look at my things and my plates hanging on the wall. And it was just, she was so happy. And it's funny because one time I had a seller that really didn't love where she lived. Yeah. But it was her first home and you know, she's buying with me and upgraded. So I wasn't sure, but I made the book Uh and I brought it to closing and I was like, look, I know this wasn't your favorite home and this isn't super sentimental for you, but one day, you can look back at these photos like, this and be where like, I was. this is where I was. And right. you can like show your future kids like, hey, right. this was my first home. Yeah. So it's just kind of like neat it. to have. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then for buyers, I usually get them a painting of the house from a local artist. If you can find people local, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Get a local person. But when I was new, I really overthought these closing
1: gifts. I would like to interject here. Still to this day not every seller gets a gift. Right. I'm, the gift was I gave you good service yes. and you paid me for said service. Like
0: I don't know that it really The top I, agent in our marketplace has never done a closing gift. I yo
1: I would like to point out you're a professional. <laughs> Your doctor doesn't give you a gift because you came and paid for their service. Yeah, like
0: Thank you. Thank you. Here's, I mean uh, Granted, I
1: do think a little bit of a white glove service is probably nice, but I would like yeah. to point out that we put a lot of pressure on each other, like, oh, closing gift, and these people show up with these giant baskets, which, look, if that's your jam and it's you love putting it
0: together. There's probably jam in that basket. Probably
1: so. You do you. I cringe a little. But here's the thing. I, I don't know the current rule, but I do remember the IRS would allow $25 gifts, y'all.
0: Per person. Per
1: transaction, Per person.
0: Well, if it's a couple, you can spend fifty. Oh, great. <laughs> Double check your IRS regulations. I, can, I please ask your CPA. Here's the thing. When I was new and didn't have a ton of transactions, so if this is you, it's you, you find yourself putting more pressure on you to do more elaborate things. Right. The problem is how do you keep those up with things that? are not sustainable right, long term have more than one transaction at a time. Mm-hmm. So when you if you if your goal is to get to where you have five, six, seven, 10, 15 pendings at one time, you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing sustainable for that? Right. Is how I'm, all the things, okay? Not just closing gifts, but everything that you're doing, you have to ask yourself, if I had 10 pending transactions, could I still do this? Right. And the problem is that If you start something now and don't do it for someone else, they start wondering, like, well, when she closed my friend five years ago, this is what she did. And now I'm not getting a Thanksgiving turkey. Like, they got a Thanksgiving turkey. Right. (laughs) Right. A real-life example, okay? Right. So then it gets to the point where it's out of control. So I know it's – I know you're excited. Right. Okay, but just – remember that we are professionals mm-hmm. and we need to to do things we'll rein it in Rain it in so that you can handle the more i'll if tell you well right don't spend an hour in hobby lobby picking out a closing no, gift.
1: right you could have spent an hour reaching out to your database and trying to get new and business, getting more business right yeah. i agree and i would like to also say it is extremely difficult what is what you're trying to say to systematize something like that, like a big closing basket that knows everyone in the family and they each get their own special item and everyone's favorite flavored jam is in there. No, you can't systematize it. If you find something like what you're doing with the book, it's part of your thing. You you know how to do it quickly. You do it every single time. That's a system, y'all. You cannot create a system that is different every time. Right, Right. It has to be the same thing. And then it's um then you'll never be caught doing something
0: for someone that you didn't do for someone else. Yeah. Which you don't want to feel like that anyway. Um, when we mentioned repairs, and now that we're heading to the closing table, um, one of the title attorneys that I work with told me the most awkward moments at the closing table mm-hmm. that make realtors look the worst Right, is when the buyer goes, did the roof ever get fixed? Mm-mm. And the agents go, uh... Yeah. Um, Mr. Hey, seller? S- hey, s- hey, Katie, you have that receipt, right? You have that receipt? And Katie's like, oh, yeah. I mean, y'all did the roof, didn't you? Because it's... Sh- so we're... Per our contract, we are supposed to have receipts five days before closing. Right. This shows that... I didn't check to see if the repairs that we requested were right. finished. I didn't verify. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like making, like recently I had a buyer ask for eight electrical items. We know that the electrician, one electrician can come do these eight items. Sure. So it's not that big of a deal. Okay. They send me a receipt. It has five of the eight things mm-hmm. on there. Some agents would have said, Receipt here, here, Mr. Buyer, here's your electrical receipt. But it's our job, and this is the most important part, like the repairs, to yeah. say, hey, listing agent, the receipt you sent me is missing these three items. Like, it's our job to work all of this out so uh-huh. that we don't look super unprofessional at the closing table. Right, and if you if you don't check it and you go to closing, and then
1: later on... Your buyer's asking you about it. Mm. Guess who might be on the hook for those repairs? Right.
0: Guess who's gonna be making repairs right. or get sued. Or get sued. Yeah, people get sued over. Okay. Like I have a client who is an attorney and he is handling a real estate transaction now. Okay. Where the buyer mm-hmm. is suing their buyer's agent mm-hmm. and the seller mm-hmm. because now they had submitted like a 35 Item repair request, okay. which should have never happened. Right, okay, right. You should never let your buyer submit that. Uh, go, let's go the money route. If it's this many little yeah. things, well, they didn't have receipts for anything. They close, they move in. They're like, we had asked for this. We had asked now, like maybe fifteen of the things were done, but twenty weren't. But, and and then they're asking their buyer's agent, like, did you protect us? We hired you, and you got paid. Did you check right. these things? Well, what, did they not check them in the walkthrough? I, I think they just went to the walkthrough and, like... And we're like, oh, wow, the house is empty. Yay, closing oh, day. I, okay, well... I know. And here's the other thing. Like, the walkthrough happens real close to closing many times the same day. Same day. If something is not fixed, they are not. those 20 items aren't going to be fixed. Okay. Well, since we're taking this as a listing angle, if you're the listing
1: agent mm-hmm. and your seller has agreed to 35 items and that buyer goes and does a walkthrough – you better be requesting a signed walkthrough form that mm-hmm. says, I have checked the house and the repairs and everything is fine. Yes. Because you don't want this to happen to you mm-hmm. or your seller.
0: Yes. Because the seller's going to blame you. Well, I'll tell you, nobody in this situation did anything to protect themselves. They had nothing signed, they had a few half receipts. I mean, there's people getting sued here. So, But I think agents are just like, oh, inspections are over. And they think no. our job is over. But-, but again, that's why it's better to go a money route.
1: Yes. It's very black and white. I will give you $1,000 for repairs. You deal with them after
0: closing. This it's better for uh, everyone. This isn't a template, but I do copy and paste it because it's one sentence. But whenever <laughs> I get a repair request. It's <laughs> a one sentence. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just say it slowly Please. so they can write it so you don't have to email it. Wait, us. everyone grab your pen. Yeah, grab your pen. Grab your pen. Open your notes and your phone unless you're driving. Don't do that. But whenever I get a repair request on one of my listings, mm-hmm. I briefly glance at it. And I know immediately if I need to say, hey, Mr. Buyer's agent, would your buyer be open to money in lieu of repairs? Mm-hmm. This will make for a cleaner final walkthrough and ensure that we have a happy closing. And how does that go over? Like 90% of the time, they'll say, hey, they really want the HVAC cleaned in service, but the other items, they'd be happy to take money. Done great, thank you. And then I'm explaining to my sellers why that's better. And they're like, great, thank thank you. you. And now it's all simple. Okay, say the sentence again. Hi, Mr. Buyer's agent. Would your buyer be willing to accept money in lieu of repairs? This will make for a cleaner final walkthrough and a happier closing day. I love it. Especially when it's a lot of little things, I might (sighs) even elaborate. Like, hey, I just don't want them to be upset if like my seller hires a handyman that fixes it, but it's not the way they thought it would be fixed. Like I just want to keep everything very simple. Let me know what you think. Love it. Okay. Anything else
1: pre-closing? We've got the gift. We've told them to do all the things a week before. Mm -hmm. I have to request like, I don't have to request, but I have to submit my file to my office and have them check to make sure. Y'all don't go check in your documents post-closing. No. You should be checking before because you'll never have a captive audience again. If you need a signature from the buyer or the seller or whoever, uh, you need to check that before you go to closing. Um, I also have on my list to confirm the walkthrough time like, a few days out. Right, don't take your lockbox if they haven't done the Right, you have to yet. know. Like, don't make this harder on yourself. Um, okay, and then, of course, this is very, 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 very important <sighs> as the listing agent. You should be requesting a closing disclosure from the lender or the title company if it's a cash sale. I mean, a cash sale is easier because it doesn't have the three-day rule. But you guys... You cannot wait until the day before closing to be like, everything's good. No, if that CD did not get sent by the lender yeah. three days prior to closing, it's not happening. It is a law, right? This is a law. And I was around, were you around? Pre Oh yeah. Dodd Frank. It was so awful. It was awful. You guys we would be you'd be like dressed for closing and heading out the door and they'd be like, Oh
0: huh, we don't have funding. JK, Sorry. we can't do
1: it today. Yeah. This law made the whole thing so much more professional.
0: I can I I can't even count how many times I sat at the closing table for more than two hours. Waiting. So many. Waiting. So waiting. many times.
1: So it is it is a rule to pr- to protect the buyers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was based on of the lending part. So if it's a cash sale, that's not included, right? right? They can get a CD the day before, they can get it the minute of closing, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. you as the listing agent need, especially in a, in a transaction with a loan, need to be reaching out to the lender directly to hear out of their mouth that the CD has been signed at least three days before your closing date. Yes. How
0: do you keep track of your dates? Because we got five days before closing, we have well, receipts, and then we have three days before closing. If I'm doing my weekly check-in either during my office day or in
1: my Friday shutdown, I would just be looking at that, and maybe I'm doing it more than three days before, mm-hmm. or maybe I have to set an alarm in my, you know, calendar. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, like with your a week before closing email, it, give or take a day or two is fine. Sure. Or maybe I need to do it sometimes when you have really. Mm-hmm. Um, organized buyers or sellers, they will contact you before yes. you've gotten to the week out. <laughs> yes. And you're like, okay, I promise info is coming. And then you just send it. But um with the C D, yeah, it might be good to just put an alert in your phone. Yeah. Here's this. Put it in your calendar. If you have scheduled in your calendar
0: the date that closing is supposed to be, just make an alert four days prior. Yes. You know, or whatever the f- That's what I tend to do. So yeah. when I get a pending contract, I put the close date in my calendar and then I put five days yeah. before and on that five days, I ask for receipts, but i also check in with the title company on the closing disclosure. Yeah, so that, that way it's like, yes, I'm a little I'm a little early, but I'm just trying to make sure everything's well, good. Right. Because if there's a problem now, at least you have two days for someone to get it together. Yes. Like, hey, reminder.
1: Hello. Cause it and we've done a whole episode on closing delays. Mm-hmm. So it, it happens more than anyone would like it to happen. When do you remove your sign and lockbox?
0: Um, sometimes I ask the buyer's agent to grab it. Mm. I don't have one of those big elaborate signs. Yeah. Um if especially if they're doing the walkthrough like right, right before, before closing. Yeah. If they go a few days before closing, I'll just go grab it on my way to closing yeah. or if I'm in the area. Okay. All right. So we've closed. Yay. What happens now? What do you do post-closing? Now we move on to the post-closing checklist. Let's hear it. Um, Let's see. We write letters Mm -hmm. of thanks. We add people to our database. (laughs) Yeah. Update your database. (laughs) I write letters to anybody that needs a thank you letter that came along. Mom and dad. Mom and 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 dad or anybody that, any of their friends that I met. Uh Uh-huh. I make sure I'm friends with everybody on Facebook that was in the transaction. Mm -hmm. Oh, and reminder, I've, no, I've said this before, if you If
1: you haven't friended them before closing, friend them at closing and remember to say, hey, when you post, please tag me. Mm -hmm. Everyone who, almost everyone who buys a house that's happy about it is going to post it.
0: Yeah. Please
1: tag me. It's much better for them to tag you than for you to post it and tag them. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Oh, you have to, I have to send my file in dot loop to the office. Okay. Okay.
0: I make sure I delete them from any... Uh-huh. Subdivision reports that they were getting on yep. their old house or listing emails, listing email like, just make sure that all of that is closed now, out.
1: Now, I stop them from the listing emails post inspection because I do not want you coming to me and saying this better house came on the market for me to tell you. It doesn't matter, it doesn't uh, matter. You have a buyer, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm you're yeah, right, I'm on the buyer, yes. You're talking about if they're getting
0: a market report, right? Makes sense, like, makes you know sense. how I put them up, but I do the same thing with buyers, yeah, like, like, stop, no, looking. No more, no stop more. looking, we're not looking anymore, no we're more under looking. contract um so yeah i just make sure and then um yeah just if they were in my database before Mm -hmm. putting in their new address okay my last thing that i do probably a
1: week out like i'll write the thank you card right away but a week out if i didn't get a review at closing i would then send an email template that's requesting a review okay And with the links, like this is where I want you to do it. Same. And I know that we've mentioned it before and it is a new thing that I am working with and it is working. The best place for you to put your reviews is on your Google business. Yeah. Do not rely on a third... I know Google is technically a third party, but (laughs) do not rely on realtor.com or Zillow or some other real estate website to be the place where your reviews are housed. And even if you're using Google, I still download them and put them onto a PDF so that I have them for my folder or whatever. But anyway, get your review. Yes. Don't forget to get your review. That's like gold. Mm -hmm. Okay. um, One last question for you. And I don't know if you can maybe lightning round answer it. Okay. Um, When someone requested this episode, they were actually also asking how did we get listings early on, which we kind of have talked about in all different episodes. Um, do you have any quick tips or thoughts on
0: this? Yes. I mean, my first listings did not come from friends and family like I thought <laughs> right? they would. Like, I oh. literally thought that's what was going to happen. You're like, okay, oh, I was just going to have all this business, but yeah. no, that's not what happened. It happened from being out. Uh-huh. It happened from showing up to a Super Bowl party that I got invited to where I didn't really know anyone and yep. someone was that I didn't know was there and complained about her rent going up. And yeah. I just... Struck up the courage to say, Have you thought about buying? And I really didn't know. I mean, I felt like I knew what I was talking about because I had just taken a lending class. Right. And, okay. But that was a buyer. Oh. How did you get a listing? Okay. This is a little so tougher. Whenever she had her housewarming party, she invited me uh-huh. and I got a, my first listing from there. Okay. Good. Same. So, same situation. Right, so, I think too, like the goals could be if you feel like you're buyer heavy the people like the parents that show up for the first time home buyers. I have listed their homes before. It's all about putting yourself out there, uh-huh. expanding your sphere, mm-hmm. and making sure people know that that's what you do. And maybe if you're really trying to target listings, stop asking for buyers. Uh-huh. Like whenever you do social media posts, don't say if you're looking to buy or sell, say like make a very specific one on if you need to sell a home, mm-hmm. I'm looking for listings. Yeah. Okay, I'm going
1: back to my numbers. Yes, show. I had all of four out of 16 transactions my first year. Okay. And this was 2006, friends, you know, bubble happening things, all that. Um, Four sellers. Two were referred to me by my broker. She did not have time to handle them, and I was in the office every day. And she was like, can you take care of these? Okay. Um, Then one was a personal friend, and one was an online lead. Okay, that's year one. Let's look at year two really quick because also one, two, three sellers and out of 17 wow. transactions. So again, let's – we can't – we just maybe – and – but I was afraid to do listings, right? I felt like I don't know what I'm doing. I can't, you know, ask people to pay me. One was a referral from a relative. One was a friend. And one was my dad. So like at least he used me in year yeah. two. I mean, and this went on for several years. I would only have a handful of listings. Um, several of them on year three were all online leads, and then some personal.
0: So that's. I the do story. have good news. It's that hear it. I'm skimming through my listings, in the last two years. Yeah, they all were my buyers. Exactly. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Right, right, Maybe right, right. You just got to work those buyers. Right. I mean, your first five years are very buyer heavy, but guess what? Year five through 10, it's totally you will totally right. start transitioning because your buyers who you served well mm-hmm. are going to call you to be their listing agent. And it just flops.
1: I also got a listing in 2021 off of my Google reviews. Oh. So wrap that right around into it. That's perfect. Uh, I, yes, past clients, referrals. It just, and it's easier for you to say i know what i know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. it's not hard for me to solicit a listing these days yeah if if someone needed it okay i think that's it are you ready for a toast yes okay if anyone thinks of any questions oh and remember if you go to the website you can get that open house checklist which would double as a you know showing checklist yeah for your for your um seller
0: is it a word document so they can like edit it
1: i'll have to look okay
0: I think it might be PDF. It's a free download, though. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can redo it it in
1: their font and all that shenanigans. Okay, let's see. Toast. This toast is coming to us from Lynette Bagala. Oh, I guess that's it. I'm sorry, Lynette, if that's not right. Okay. She has been listening to us for over 18 months and loves all of our podcasts. All of them. I love it. She says, I would like to toast my brokers at McGee Scott Realty in New Iberia and Lafayette, Louisiana. So she's a neighbor. Angela Scott and Rebecca McGee are the brokers. They are the biggest cheerleaders, not only to me, but all agents in our boutique office. Mm-hmm. Angela introduced me to y'all. In- Wait, okay, so the broker introduced her to oh, us. That's oh, that's so kind. I love it. Thank you. Angela introduced me to y'all's podcast in October of 2020, and I have listened to
0: all Long of time. them while
1: painting two bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> One transformed to my home office. I couldn't get enough. I've been a realtor since 2007, and most issues were very repetitive, but I needed to hear it all again. Sometimes it helps to hear that like somebody I else know. is saying she exactly said what you are it gave thought. me a reset, just like 2020 is known for. Great. Going back to my brokers, um, who are also some of my dearest and closest friends. They strive to give me best tools and are always so innovative in finding ways to stretch me, to be creative in my business, my marketing, my relationship building with customers and clients. They are so watchful for all things that can possibly pose problems from a liability standpoint. That's a good broker. Good broker. Yeah. So much so that they have revised many of our legal documents and listing documents to reflect all the new and crazy issues of real estate. Good. They are the best. I appreciate them and want to say cheers to them. Cheers. So cheers to Angela and Rebecca. You guys sound amazing. And thank you to Lynette. I'm so glad that she's finding value in the show, even as a veteran agent. Yeah,
0: that's great. I love it. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.